Hello everyone, I'm here your host Mr. Talk and in this episode we are going to uh, summarize the book The Happiness Equation by Neil Pasricha. Uh, about the author, uh, he's the Harvard MBA, he has books and he had a lot of research about this subject, the success and happiness. Uh, it's very fun to read this book. I really like that. And also, it's the New York Times bestseller. Highly recommend if you um, looking for happiness in your life. So let's straight get into it. The first chapter start with six words that will forever change how you see happiness. So. The concept that everyone have in their life about happiness is like when I get something I would be happy. So if I work hard, I do great work, then I will get big success and then I will be happy. Which is we now know that isn't working. Um, we always looking for next job, next degree, next promotion and we always think that if we get to the next achievement, we are going to be happy. So um, the view of this book is completely the opposite. So Neil here believe that if you be happy first and then you can do great work and then the success would be happen later. So that's change everything. That's change your view and uh, you're looking to this concept. I love the phrase here uh, said the single biggest reason it's hard to be happy. So if you look at the whole human history, uh, which is for the last 200,000 years, human doesn't want to be happy. 99% of the history we are living in this world to you know just not to be hungry and we seeking to have food to have shelter and happiness come after all of these which is something new so happiness is a new concept 99% of our history the life span was 30 years and our brain constantly battling for survival but now when we have technology we have food we have shelter especially like in the first world countries most of our need is provide uh now the human think that okay i have everything i have food i have shelter i have love i have a lot of uh, technology i have a lot of thing around me but why I'm not happy so now I'm looking for happiness but at the beginning we have to think we are not designed to be happy uh, and this is coming back to our um, revolution system your brain uh, designed to think negative so some of them is not your fault that your brain designed to uh, looking for problem looking for negative things in your life but on the other hand uh it's okay to have negative thoughts everyone has them our species evolved to feel 
this satisfies because it helps us seek out food and safety. And it's normal uh, to feel unhappy sometimes. But research suggests that only 10% of our happiness is based on life circumstances. The other 90% of our happiness is based on our genetics uh, predispositions and the specific things we do to improve our happiness. That means you can actually train your brain to be happy. Some things that um, this book suggests is walking three times a week, writing about positive experience, doing act of kindness, uh, completely unplugging yourself, and meditation. On the other hand, uh, a lot of studies shows that when you do your work for external rewards, such as making money, impressing teachers, receiving gifts, the work will not be as good as if you do it to work for internal values, such as enjoying yourself. When you're not doing it for you, you won't do the good job. If you do it for yourself, you will be more and go further and perform better. So in this part of the book, it's talking about the concept of doing it for you, not doing it for others. The other chapter is um, talking about remember your lot your lotto or your lottery. So it's start with the title of the second war you are fighting every day. It's between more and enough. So when is enough? We live in the time where more is often equated with better. We are never satisfied with the thing we currently have. Instead, uh, we think if we have more money, more cars, more vacation, then we will be happy. There is not the case. Remember that you have already won the lottery. You are alive and you are lucky to be where you are. Remember that more isn't always better. And that you already have everything you need right now. One of my favorite chapter in this book is um, about talking about retirement. It's very interesting that retirement is something new. It's man-made. It's made by Germans. The invention of retirement is completely out of the blue in 1889. They established the, com uh, the concept of all people retirement in certain age and then they gain the um, pay for it the average lifespan was like 67 years those times so then when you retired in 65 so another two years you get money from government but in most of the cases especially in like first world country we can see people are retired are unhappy or sometimes they are even uh, died sooner or later there is an island off of China called Okinawa where men and women live an average of seven years longer than Americans and have the longest disability-free life expectancy of Earth. Research from uh, National Geographic studies what helps them live so long. One thing they discovered was something called Ikigai. It roughly translates to the reason you wake up in the morning. It is what drives you to what do you want to do every day. One study showed that people with Ikigai were more likely to be married, educated, and employed. 
they had higher level of self-rated health and lower levels of stress and after 70 years 95 percent of those with ikigai were alive compared to only 83 percent of others without one so the concept of retirement have three problems one of them this is a new concept it didn't exist before it's um you know 29th century invention the second part it's western concept it doesn't come from you know western part of the world uh, and doesn't exist in uh, okinawa and uh, most developing world they want to have retirement and the third problem it's uh it's broken it's based of three assumptions that aren't true that we enjoy doing nothing instead of being productive that we can afford to live well while earning no money for decades and that we can afford to pay others to to earn no money for decades so now when we are living much more longer and we still need a reason to wake up in the morning so never retire keep learning keep changing keep challenging and keep growing the next part of the book is talking about creating space there are 40 different types of space we occupy the first one is burn that's when you do a lot and think a lot the second is a space that's when you don't do anything and you aren't thinking about anything such as vacation and the other two are thinking and doing happy people alternate between the box regularly to create more space you can reserve your decision making energy but automating certain decisions you can regulate decisions that are high in time but low in importance that's why in this part of the book is coming uh, with four uh, solutions so some decision you can put on automate like you know buying toilet paper or detergent uh, effectuate like grabbing kids from the school or eating dinner with family regulate checking emails manage your calendar or doing courts debate it's like the hard one is like buying the house picking a spouse applying for a job or moving which is that one when you need more deep thinking questioning and wondering in the next chapter i very like about the title that said just do it um if something is scaring you just do it take one baby step in the right direction when you accomplish something no matter how small you will feel more confidence and it will make you want to do it more Motivation doesn't cause action, action causes motivation. Even if you fail, it will at least teach you that doesn't work, which is still taking you closer <clears throat> to your dream. So it's one of the last part of the book is talking uh, about happiness is when you, what you think, what you say, and what you do are in harmony. And actually, this is come from Gandhi. Um, Marilyn Monroe said, Imperfection is beauty, madness is genius, and it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring. There is a quote in this book, it's saying, Be you, 
and it said let me tell you the secret all people all best people usually are be you and be cool with it love your ticks and nicks and loves and scratches and fears and passions knowing them leads you to living life living them leads to loving them that's leads to the challenge of um it's called the saturday morning test so the concept is what do you do on saturday morning with um with yourself and when you're alone when you have nothing to do and you've done all of your job what is your aim what is your ikigai what is it what is the goal what is the thing you really want to do for a long time and just answer yourself like what is i really like to do and also there is two other tests in this book which is i leave it with you to um if you want to read the book it's called the bench test and the five people test uh, because it's very interesting and i very encourage you to read the book at the very last part i want to talk about um the five greatest regrets of the dying and how to avoid them and actually this is um this is part of the research of uh, Australian nurse which is uh, spend years of like taking care of people who are dying or this like the last month of their lives and it's very interesting I just read five of them for you and I let you think about it number one is I wish I had uh, the courage to live a life true to myself not the life others expected to me Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Number three, I wish I had the courage to express my feeling. Number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. And number five, I wish that I had let myself to be happier. At this point, we're getting to the end of this episode. This is my first episode of Book Summary. And if you like me to summarize the book you like, please send me the email or send me the message and see you on next episode.